Hi guys, this is Doug, and you're listening to What's the Hazard. Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Fallowich Construction Services, Custom Concrete Specialists, WorkSafe Consulting, the Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group, and our latest sponsor, Make You Safe. Thank you one and all for your support. I sincerely appreciate it. Now let's get to today's episode. Uh, It is April... 14th, Friday, April 14th. We're in Omaha, Nebraska. I'm with my friend James Clark, uh, a return guest. That's right. Nobody ever comes back, back man. No, back for more. <laughs> this is great. For- Enjoyed it. Thank you very much for being here. Your first episode was fantastic. I got a lot of compliments on it. I really enjoyed that conversation because we had never really, in our, we've known each other for 20 years, but we've never really just sat and spoken before because we were yep. always at a conference or yep. we're always. Yep rushing and i think when you really sit down and speak with someone it can be you know it's just so enlightening and enjoyable i just yep i enjoyed the conversation yep. so. no it's all um, iron sharpens iron we all <laughs> that's better, right, right? no it's great thank so. you for saying yeah, yeah. that's right yeah. well iron we'll see what happens yeah i don't i rarely get sharpened but we'll yeah. see yeah well um we'll start off by just your background just a little bit i think people know who you are certainly people in yep. this area know who you yep. are but you are corporate safety manager now for ag processing Mm -hmm. and we were just talking briefly before we started recording that this is a new type of position for you you have always been a location safety manager uh the site safety manager and now you're in this corporate position and uh how's that how's that going for you yeah so now i've been with the company about two years um so ag processing would be a soy processing company so bringing in soybeans making soybean oil the same things that you and i uh, mm-hmm. eat you know mm-hmm. so it's a, a food products company um so but yeah the position's different because we do have all these locations whatever that is you know 18 locations or more uh, you know, different entities, if you will. Um, we've got those individuals. We have individuals that are taking care of EHS at those sites. And then my job, obviously, a, a support role for okay. those individuals. So, but yeah, all those years being kind of that point person at the site, now all of a sudden right. kind of pulled out of that. And it it is, it's a change. It is, um, uh, you know, listening to your guest, Cody, you know, a couple, uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, kind of talk about, kind of that change and building the trust among uh, those individuals and kind right. of engaging them on, you know, what are things happening at your sites and, and how can I be of service and of help? It is, it's a customer relationship with those individuals. You said very so, much like consulting, you are is. a consultant to you, those locations. You, you really do end up being kind of a consultant, mm-hmm. you know, and I understand, you know, when you walk into a facility, they go, Oh my gosh, here's a guy from corporate, <laughs> right? You know, you know, what can we do for you today? <laughs> right, right, is right. What, is what they say, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, it is, it can be kind of an uncomfortable situation, you know, but on the other hand, once folks get to know you and know that, Hey, look, you have a genuine interest in helping, them making their job easier not harder mm-hmm. you know it just goes so much better have you have you do you feel like after two years you've kind of reached that point where they they well, know not to fear you when you were well around? and i think too you might say there's a little bit on my part getting used to the role right mm-hmm. so i mean everything from my phone doesn't ring like it used to you know in the middle of the night and on the weekends when i'm on vacation type of thing right you know to being you know reporting up to the uh you know the plant manager right so the plant manager is, you know, the guy in charge of the site and so on and so forth. So it's a completely different reporting structure and so forth, not to mention a different company. 
mm-hmm. which how companies do safety is completely different. Different, yeah. Right? It's completely, interesting. Com- completely different. So you have to learn all of those things along the way. So as well as what your role is within that company and how it is that you provide a, that service to them. So Yeah, that's but, interesting. But yeah, so yeah, that my role is, um, you know, certainly when you look at a corporate uh, situation, you you have you know, policies and procedures and, you know, maintaining those policies and procedures. Obviously at times there's some changes and some updates and so forth. Um, you've got the numbers part of things, which at times can be a little distasteful, all those lagging figures, mm-hmm. you know, that come in and so forth. You've got the auditing uh, function, but then you've got the piece that I really enjoy and that's building capability. Love it. Yeah. That yeah. is, Hey, look guys, I've been through this before. Let me tell you the easy way. Let me tell you a couple ways that we can safety mm-hmm. you know how do we do this particular program or that program mm-hmm. um and to me that's the benefit i'd like to think anyway mm-hmm. of, of all those years of experience absolutely is, is that you're able to tell folks that uh hey look there is a better way here's an easier way why don't you try it this way you know? are, are they listening are they starting to yeah. listen yeah and i believe so you know Good. folks uh you know at least they're receptive uh to change and so forth doing things a little differently or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. so but yeah interesting man yeah. Uh, well, that's part of what we talked about last time where the human and organizational performance, mm-hmm. safety differently, some of those concepts, which, you know, I've been on that now for about two years and you preceded me in your journey on down that hop road. But yeah, I, I find it interesting. And, and the more I talk about it, the more I really start to understand it. I think I'm starting to understand it a little better, but I wanted to ask you, I, I, uh, sometimes, you know, I had a pretty good week this week. Um, and I know as a safety person, safety and health person, not every week is good. Mm-hmm. We have some really horrible weeks at times. And over the course of the last 35 years, I have had some horrible weeks where I've thought this is not for me. I'm doing something else, you know, mm-hmm. but this week, fortunately, one week at a time, um, I had a good week. I did some sampling, some industrial hygiene monitoring. There you go. I'm still out yeah. humping pumps oh, occasionally, oh which I enjoy. You know, it, it gives you an opportunity to, to interact with the employees at their level in their space, you know, you're out there watching them work and do their thing. And so even though it's a long day, I enjoy that. And then we did some training. I mentioned to you, we did some training for a few organizations and I got to bring in some friends of mine who are subject matter experts and really, really fantastic trainers. And so we had a good experience, but then one of my buddies called, he's a safety manager with an organization here locally. And he'd had an employee get hurt pretty badly a young guy can't get into the details of course but i could you know i was just giving him some advice hey the you know and he he knew what to do but sometimes in those moments you don't want to be isolated you need a little consolation or mm-hmm. you just need affirmation from someone else so we were talking about it and we were talking about procedurally you know what might come next and he made the comment that it's not so much that i just i'm worried about this kid you know i just can't stop thinking about this kid. And um, I'm sure you've had weeks like that as well. And um, what do you, what do you do about that? Do you, I mean, I've been reading that OSHA has started um, recognizing the, the mental and psychological strain that is placed on some of their compliance personnel. And they're starting to actually treat, not maybe not treat specifically, but address that in some fashion. I think it gets kind of overlooked. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd say first, you know, I think of when you work at a, a site, a plant, 
no matter if it's 50 people or 200 or 500 or whatever, people know everyone, they have a relationship with them. And when someone, let's just say, take something completely different, when they leave, okay, they leave and people are, they're sad, mm -hmm. you know, um, maybe a person is even terminated. They're sad. Mm -hmm. Maybe they just leave or they're going to retire. You know, well, there's a happy feeling, but boy, we're going to miss Bob or Mary or whatever mm -hmm. the case mm -hmm. may be. And, you know, there's a piece that, that leaves because you have an investment in that individual. And now all of a sudden that's, that's gone. Mm -hmm. And it's just like when you sever any relationship or something happens to an individual and I, you have to recognize that. And I'm just thinking of a particular injury that had a getting, I'm not going to go into those details either when I was with a company and someone got hurt pretty bad. And it was a severe injury. And now we were going to do what many companies do after an injury like this. We did a stand down. We talked to folks. But I felt like more importantly than talking about, you know, the incident, right? Oh, how could this be prevented and so forth is really just connecting with the people. And, hey, what are you going through? How do you feel yeah. about this? Because it is, it's tough. That's interesting. That, that is one of the toughest things to go through. Horrible. It, it's the same as, again, losing people or, you know, I've gone through times when there's been, um, you know, attrition or layoffs and those kinds of same sort of thing. Mm -hmm. there's, this, there's this sadness and this emotional uh, detachment uh, that, that takes place. So all of a sudden people are gone that used to be here and now I've got to deal with this emotionally. So mm -hmm. you've got to help people through those types of things. And if you don't, uh, I think you're really missing out. I agree. You're absolutely missing out. So. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I, I do think it oftentimes gets overlooked, not only the trauma to the individual, but their family and their coworkers and people that witness incidents like that in the workplace or even the emergency responders. Mm -hmm. Gosh, what about emergency responders that, that come out and try to assist or rescue or unfortunately recover mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, our coworkers that are injured, it is the psychology of it is really intense and oftentimes overlooked. So I really appreciate your saying that, that, you know, we can do the investigation. That's part of it, obviously, but attending to the people mm -hmm. that have been involved in that or, or yeah. you know, that, that, that is not easy. Most of us aren't qualified to do that Absolutely. other than just. Like just you said, listen. ask, how are you? And how listen. are you, you know, and how can I help? And, you know, mm -hmm. what can we do at this point? You know, that's, it's heavy. I didn't mean to go down that heavy yep. road, No, but it is interesting. Uh, you know, one thing that we, we talked about last time about the um, hop, you know, and uh, safety differently. Yeah. And one thing that I'm interested in is how we reconcile. And you, you've even touched on some of those things, how we reconcile the old safety, which we really can't abandon, nor should we. I mean, control, compliance, those things. I mean, OSHA is appears not to be going anywhere. So there is a certain safety one expectation with some of the safety two concepts that we are talking about. Mm -hmm. Error is normal, building capacity. You've already alluded to it. How do you yeah. How do you balance those things? Is well, I'll say, first of all, certainly with the company I'm with now, well, quite honestly, with other companies I've been with in the past, you know, when you think of, um, you know, I don't know words you want to use, safety maturity, where are you at in this safety journey? Mm -hmm. You know, we've got a ways to go. I think most companies have to admit they're, they haven't arrived, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 
So I'd just say it that way, first of all. So, you know, I'm not perfect and there's no company that's probably perfect in this way. Um, but on the other hand, when we talk about, to me anyway, safety differently, the new, um, the new safety versus the compliance driven safety, um, to me, you know, we kind of mentioned, talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, you know, let's look first at organizational management. Let's look at operations management and to see, well, how is that run exactly? Because to me, there, there's a, a direct connection between the two. Um, because quite honestly, if you've got a compliance driven culture regarding production, quality, everything else that you do in your business, it's going to be very difficult to move the needle away from that, from, you know, you might say the old way of safety to the mm -hmm. new way of safety um, and so forth. You know, you're going to be stuck in compliance and that's mm -hmm. just the way it is. Mm -hmm. So, but I believe that most companies are, are moving beyond that, you know, because they look at, well, how are these incidents happening? What is actually happening in my facility? Um, also, they're looking at other ways of, of working. So, for example, you know, our facilities, I was at a facility yesterday um, that, uh, quite honestly, and, and most folks can relate to this, um, they're losing people. They're, they can't keep people. They can't hire people. They can't find qualified individuals and so forth. Some of that has to do with their operational culture. I'm not saying that's in our case, but mm -hmm. some folks it, mm -hmm. it is. But some things, some things too are related to, autom uh, you know, automate automating right, uh, right. Uh, businesses and their manufacturing processes and so forth. To me, there's probably a connection there between mm -hmm. the new and the old, mm -hmm. you know, as well. So, but yeah, there's no doubt, you know, compliance is like you say, it's not going, you know, it's not going anywhere. We, we've got to, um, uh, you know, we've got to continue to be compliant. We've got to continue to, you know, abide by the OSHA regulations and so forth. Um, but on the other hand, uh, I think there's ways to get folks to, um, you might say, uh, to work safer mm -hmm. without beating them ahead with, with yeah. the compliance deck. We're trying so, to discontrol everything. That's right. And that air, that war on error, as Conklin has told me many times, you know, we're fighting this war as if uh, we can control our employees and just keep them from making yeah. mistakes. We'll be just fine. You that's know? right. That's, that's right. a difficult battle. I'm not sure that's even achievable. Well, truthfully. yeah. And people tend to be uh, as safe as they need to be and not overly safe is what he says. Mm -hmm. Right. So he compares it to um, uh, jumping hurdles mm -hmm. and you watch a guy go over hurdles and what's the distance between the individual, the, the hurdler and the hurdle. It is minute. It's Absolutely. a half an inch. That's and a he, great, that's it, a great description. Well, it's not mine. So <laughs> no, it, I love it, it. You know, and he, he says, you know, Conklin says, Hey, look, that's the way everyone is in safety. Right. They're doing just enough to clear the hurdle. And that is it. Mm -hmm. And no more. And they clip the hurdle periodically. And every once in a while we clip the hurdle, right? You know, yeah. and, and that's the line that we live. And of course, if you follow his little trajectory about how does work really being done and what is, you know, or how is it supposed to be done? Where's the risk or hazard? And then how are we doing? And then every once in a while, those lines meet, that's that hurdle that mm -hmm. gets clipped, mm -hmm. right? You know, and so how, to me anyway, how this relates to compliance is that many times we're 
going above and beyond compliance. And other times we're kind of dipping down below. Mm -hmm. And many times that has to do with where the risk is at, at that particular point in time, mm -hmm. because the risk model doesn't necessarily follow compliance. <laughs> it follows, it follows its own line. Great comment. You know, and that's what we don't realize sometimes is that many times we're dipping down below that, mm -hmm. you know, we cut some corners on lockout tag out every once in a while. Maybe the attendant leaves the hole. Maybe we don't do our monitoring checks like we need to, or whatever the case mm -hmm. may be in those life critical type type situations. So, but anyway, yeah. So yeah, there's, when, when you look at how people really are doing the work to me, that's, that's the key. And then if you can get, you know, management to look at, Hey, look, how are we really doing the work out here? I think folks would be shocked. Mm -hmm. They'd be shocked to see that, Hey, look, guys are cutting corners everywhere. Right. To be able right. to produce the product that we want. And, and that's the context that we put them in often. I that's mean, that's right. That, that's kind of that, uh, I read that book by Holnagel, that efficiency, thoroughness, trade-off. Mm -hmm. You know, when the demand for production and efficiency is higher, thoroughness kind of takes a back seat. That maybe that full compliance or with the regulations type thing. And sure. if we're really focused heavily on, you know, the uh, thoroughness aspect, maybe that's because we're doing something that's highly critical. And so now we're, we're doing a critical lift or we're doing a confined space entry or now. We are all in on the thoroughness because the consequences are so significant, mm -hmm. at least someone has deemed it so, that the efficiency drops perhaps. But there's always this balance going on between efficiency and thoroughness. And his last comment is employees will be as safe as they believe they need to be mm -hmm. in order to be efficient. And no more. And no more. <laughs> which is which is why this obsession that I see in some companies with compliance is so undermining it is. to the well-being of the organization. They're mm -hmm. so focused on compliance. We have to do this that it really hinders finding that sweet spot that you just described, mm -hmm. you know, just clearing the hurdle. Yeah. But wouldn't we all agree that if we had, let's go with lockout tagout. Okay. If we had five steps and five approvals that we had to get to be able to do a lockout tag out. What does that really, what does that really prove? Mm -hmm. I mean, we'd all agree that, Hey, look, we've gone too far. Mm -hmm. And we would all agree that we'd look at that and go, that's waste, mm -hmm. right? It's, mm -hmm. it's wasteful to do that. If you did that in any other type of a process, that's right. You would say this is unnecessary yeah. and wasteful. It's and, really and Conklin even gives an example of that, or it's either Conklin or Decker had given an example of that talking about, um, uh, in a you know, medical application where nurses were, you know, checking this and checking that for medicines. And they found out two people checking didn't improve the accuracy at all. Right. I remember that example. Yeah. So are we really improving compliance by having five people sign, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and to me, that's where it, it comes about is, okay, are we really trusting people or not? Mm -hmm. That's an interesting you question. Know, are we really trusting people or not? Or is this just a big stick? Yes. And there are certainly diminishing returns. That's right. More safety. Absolutely. I mean, I'm a believer in building capacity, but more safety, more safety, more safety. There's a certain point beyond which the redundancy doesn't help. That's right. And we've just added more layers of obstruction almost. That's right. Know? Yeah. It's interesting. I, I remember, I, I have not been up there for a while, but there is a large campus, industrial campus, just north of Omaha. Okay. That we have both probably interacted with at some point, but they were so safety driven. They were really, to their credit, they were really trying to do good things that 
contractors couldn't even work up there. You know, you had to tie off if you were on a step ladder. Mm-hmm. So you had to find some overhead mm-hmm. fixture that you could throw a choker over and connect to sure. to step up two steps on the step ladder in order to turn the valve and then come right back down. Sure. And I think there was a point at which it didn't really make things better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, just drove people crazy. Well, or it cost so much to do the business. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I love the hurdle description, man. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned capacity. Get, give people an example of what that that means. How do you build capacity into a system rather than obsess over yeah. injury numbers or something? Well, I, to me, I, I think it's continuing to ask questions okay. about, is this the best way or is there another way? Um, I think the day that you and I stop asking questions about why are we doing this? Mm-hmm, <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Is this really making sense? Okay. At that point, it's like, why are we even here on this earth? Right? So mm-hmm. we, we need to be asking questions if we're doing the same thing over and over, um, and obviously getting the same poor results then we need to improve. Right. So I, I think there's a results uh, piece of that as well as, you know, we've got to try some other things. We've mm-hmm. got to do, do some other things. So, Folks have got to feel as though, you know, they may look at it and go, you know what, I've been doing the same thing all along. Um, there is no need to change because this is easiest or this is best. And many times it is, it, it, you know, it is easy for them because there isn't any thought behind, you know, changing things or doing things differently and so forth. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's that's part of it. Certainly on the policies and procedures, as I said before, you know, company to company, how people do safety is different. You know, it's not the same, even with, you know, the same rules, you'd think, okay, it's all the same. It's not the same, Mm -hmm. you know, there are differences among, among companies. So to me, that's part of it is understanding folks, uh, uh, telling folks and having them understand what are the boundaries that we operate. And if that's a regulation or whatever, I think that's, that's an important piece. And I think too, there's the other piece about, you know, the, the, the thought or the culture and how do we really improve the culture of our people, you know, and how do we get them engaged? Um, so the engagement, I think at, you know, the ground level is obviously key and what happens then up from there, because, uh, you know, Conklin says this, other folks say this as well. Uh, those folks know how the work is done. Mm -hmm. Um, just maybe give you a quick example. Uh, our company is big on, and is before I came, so not mm-hmm. my doing and uh, to credit to them, they do an outstanding job with requiring job hazard analysis. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, not real. Uh, it's heavy on procedures. We have procedures and so forth, obviously PSM and so forth, but a lot of great uh, JHAs or a lot of JHAs. Maybe they're not great. Mm-hmm. So we've got folks that quite honestly are working on these at all times at the sites. Um, but how do we, to me, when you look at a JHA, obviously we know the three components of the JHA mm-hmm. is how do how do we do the work? The task, the work. The yeah. task. Yeah. And what I find more times than not is that that is the problem. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Because, you know, how a guy, I don't know what, changes the tire or, or whatever or goes out and repairs this widget or mm-hmm. replaces a, a pump or a motor, how he approaches that job is going to differ to the next guy mm-hmm. and the next guy and they're doing it differently. Well, we all know, you know, the theory behind the JHA and the practice of the JHA is if you change the work, you change the hazards mm-hmm. and how you do the work. So to me, it starts with that. And what is that main 
line work look like? Mm -hmm. Okay. And who's going to be able to tell you that? It's that worker. Right. No doubt. And if we don't engage those folks in the hazard identification process, then it's just plain not going to happen mm -hmm. and it doesn't happen well. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, we, we do see that, you know, and whether it be this position that I'm in now or others, um, you know, ground level roots, that is where some of the issues are lying. It's people are doing work completely differently than what we can ever imagine. That we envision them that doing, we ever, yeah, ever sitting in the, in the office. So to me, that's a big piece of capability mm -hmm. is, is the, 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 you know, the EHS person, the site person needs to understand that, hey, look, there's folks, there's people doing work today that is beyond what you can ever imagine. Mm -hmm. And the more you can observe that, the more you can look, the more you are engaged, the more the supervisor is engaged, the more we can connect them with work, hazards, and mitigation, the better off we're all going to be. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's one of the biggest parts of building capability, I believe. And that obviously, understanding that from a, um, a postmortem, mm -hmm. right? An accident, mm -hmm. right? An incident. And now let's go into it backwards, right? How was that work intended to be done? Mm -hmm. What was management's thought of how this is really, you know, high right. in the sky? How, what do you think this guy's actually doing out there? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, where's the risk? And then how is the work being done? And then where did those collide in this accident, mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. incident? That's you interesting, know, yeah. That's building, to me, that's building capability. Mm -hmm. um, you know, many times we jump to conclusions, don't we, with accidents right. or incidents. Mm -hmm. we, we jump to, hey, look, oh, I know what the cause is. Man, right. he should have paid more attention. Doggone it. Right. He screwed up. See, right. He screwed up. <laughs> we have that, 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 that benefit of hindsight. Yeah. So we are, you know, we are way ahead of everybody else in our investigation because we know the outcome. Yes. You know, when we're investigating an incident or something yeah. in the moment in the context of the moment, those decisions may have made perfect sense to that individual based yeah. on, you know, what they're doing or trying to accomplish. Yeah. I think that concept is an interesting one. And I was, I'm relatively new to that concept that work is imagined versus work is actually done. Mm -hmm. I think we've all known that I, I can remember even as a, as a new safety person, when I first started with the DOD, we would do, facility audits, walkthroughs, and you would see where the employees had modified things. They had taken duct tape and cardboard and everything else, and they'd made modifications to the work environment that we had given them. And I didn't even really know in the beginning that that was a red flag for me to, you know, if we force them into this position where they've had to adapt and modify, it's certainly not what we envisioned when we were writing it all down yeah. at the, you know, I just, I have this, when you were saying that, I just had this vision in my mind of doing a walkthrough on a shop. And this goes back years ago. <laughs> maybe I was with the council at that time or whatever. Um, but he took, uh, somebody took a combination wrench. Mm -hmm. So it's open end, box end. Mm -hmm. Okay. And he cut it and welded it <laughs> in a right angle. <laughs> now that's getting work done. Yeah, man. Absolutely. You know, and, and you kind of look at it and go, is that safe? safe to me, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, it, it, and who knows, it's probably the safest thing that he's worked with. He probably mm -hmm. looked at it before and said, it's not safe before I'm going to make it more safe. Right. Or I'm going to make it more you, but it's certainly useful. more useful, you, more efficient, yeah, yeah, useful. It's like, Oh my gosh. But anyway, sorry. You I see just, that all the time. Absolutely. I see that every facility I go into the employees 
and again, these are not my words, but they are very adaptive. They are going to find ways to get it done. I think that, you know, for the most part, most employees want to be efficient, effective workers. They're trying to get the widgets out the door or do whatever that is. And they figure out some way. And, you know, sometimes it's just brilliance. You know, they've come up with something incredible that that we should embrace and adapt. And other times, eh, maybe it needs a little tweaking. Maybe it's... Mm -hmm. Not completely yeah. copacetic. No, but. It, I, I agree completely. You you take, you know, 90, 95% of employees, and granted, there's that 5% that, quite honestly, are going to kill themselves and they're happy doing it. You know, <laughs> right, sorry, but, you know right. anyway, yeah. But, you know, you, you have that group of people, large group of people that are innovative. Mm-hmm. They want to do the job and they care about safety, but it's not high on the list, but they really want to produce for their company. They just want to do the very best that they possibly can. Right. If that means coming up with a new tool or a new widget or something to go a little bit faster, a little bit easier, you know, and that's what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And that's that work imagined, right? Yes, it is. It, it, it's like, oh, okay, oh, you know, we're going to do something completely different. So, I remember walking, you know, we could probably come up with hundreds of examples of yeah. this, but I remember walking through food processing facilities and you spend a lot of time like ducking and going under conveyance systems or mm-hmm. around corners and there's always foam taped to the, yeah. You know, it's a little bit too low, but I have to cut through here. And so there's foam on there. And as I'm walking through, I'm just kind of ducking along with all yeah. of their, you know, yeah. I mean, they just make it work. Yeah. They just make it work. It's really remarkable. Yeah. And so you talked about engaging employees and in large part, that's just asking the right questions and listening mm-hmm. and then responding, hopefully. And I know what we, we refer to the guys all the time, the, the authors of these books, but, you know, engage, I mean, if you're looking for a true measure or, or mover of reliability in your organization, Conklin says, you know, um, engage, you know, how are you engaging employees? Take a critical look at how well you engage employees through learning teams or just being out on the floor with them, working side by side with them at times. And then what is your, um, rate of correction you know how do how well do you engage and how well do you make the corrections Mm -hmm. that are being brought to your attention Mm -hmm. that seems to be a deal breaker if you're not if you're gathering this information and not doing anything that that pipeline shuts off quickly yeah and and how do you guys how do you deal with that yeah and and i think depending on the company and you might say the culture and what you do for us right now, it's probably that JHA process. Mm-hmm. And again, it has to do with kind of that work imagined. We, we kind of put something down to begin with, you know, here's how the work is being done. Here are the hazards. Here's our mitigation. And now we need to validate that. Mm-hmm. So I know one of the things I did last year was kind of did a, uh, quite a number of little speaking groups within our company or whatever, different supervisor groups and talked about this JHA process and what does that mean and how do we engage with that JHA process mm. and how do we now continuously improve? You know, once we, we really have, we've, we've made a, a great, um, you might say, uh, first stab at it over the past several years, um, you know, got JHAs on a lot of different things. Now, where do we go from here and what, what is the next step? And to me, that is now the validation Mm-hmm. Um, so that is going out now and seeing, does this JHA now still represent what I put on paper a year or two years ago? <laughs> is this still the case when we do this particular job, whether it be maintenance or whatever the case or yeah. it's operations related? 
Um, and now what additional things do I see? What are steps that I leave out or uh, what hazards did I miss completely? Or perhaps the guy is actually doing the work completely differently oh, yeah. and I just need to take this and start over again. Mm-hmm. So, and to me, that's probably what we're doing here most of all with where I'm at now. Um, I think in the past though, in other positions that I've been in, it had been more kind of that supervisor involvement with a procedure, you know, what are we, what are we going to do? And is that procedure still valid today and watch folks with a procedure versus a JHA? So, um, I think depending on, uh, your approach and what types of systems that you have, to me, it's still directly supervisor involvement that Mm -hmm. that frontline supervisor has to be directly engaged with the employee and obviously interested, mm-hmm. you know, they've got to be motivated in the right way yeah. because many times they're not, I'm sorry, but they're not. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the many times that middle supervisor is the one that's kind of the, the missing link in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got to be connected to, Hey, look, this is really going to benefit our employees and, and the safety of our operation. And this is how we're going to do it. You know, do you, do you think that's big? I totally agree that that is, that is the piece that oftentimes is not present that that frontline supervisor who perhaps doesn't isn't engaged doesn't feel that yeah. need maybe maybe they're being pulled in too many different directions maybe they don't have yeah. much training in that they don't understand the importance of that perhaps i don't know but it seems to be where things break down because yeah. usually you know the executive group is on board and the employees certainly yeah. want to work safely they want to do the best they can i think for the yeah. most part yep. but that frontline that's a tough gig to be juggling all of those balls i yep. think what yeah. do you what so do you, so you, and and to me when you think of it okay you've got clients right and who invites you in it's going to be the owner it's going to be always the boss yeah, yeah the, the owner, owner the ceo mm-hmm. the you know the plant um, manager whatever the case may be mm-hmm. and when you talk to them how passionate are they about safety? No, they're all, all in. They're all in. They're all in. Right? At least. And let's say we had on the other side of the table the an, an employee. You know, ask them, mm-hmm. how, how safe do you want to be today? Do you think safety is important? How, how you know, important is this to you? And they're going to go, I'm all in. Yeah, I'm going to go home. Yep. So you got the top, right? And, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but you got the bottom. Whatever, yeah, the, whichever yep, way yep. you want to put this, yep. right? And they're both agreeing mm-hmm. somewhere in between the translation is getting lost. Yes, that's exactly right. Somewhere in between the translation is getting lost. And why is that happening? Mm-hmm. I think, anyway, a- I think, I think anyway, that the messages get mixed because when we say that safety is our top priority, mm-hmm. okay. And what do we say about priorities? Oh, they, they change they all change. the time. Every day they, they change. change. Yeah. yeah, they change. So, but if we maybe change that and go, hey, look, what does safety really mean to us? Mm-hmm. And how is it incorporated into it really, literally everything that we do? And is that middle supervisor really engaged with safety or is he mm-hmm. not? Mm-hmm. To me, that's the challenge. Yeah, it is. Is to engage those folks with safety. How and that, do we, how that do we, goes how, back to your original comment about, operational excellence yes i mean and the operational culture of that facility the personality of that company rather than the safety culture yes. which is really inseparable from the that's right. overall culture yeah. and so is it a, is safety a priority or is it really how we do work right is it just work and it just happens to be done as safely as possible or as safely as necessary that's right or as safely as 
OSHA says it has to be mm-hmm. whatever that level that's is. Right. That, that's interesting. And, and then you've got this, you know, and I'm sorry, but you've, you know, you've got this, uh, the site manager that we just talked about. We've got this frontline employee. And now we may even have a conflicting message from this other guy we call the EHS manager. Right. You know, we, we think he's the, he, right? He's the, right. he's the guy that's going to maybe drive all of this, you know, and hap- make it happen. Mm-hmm. And his influence many times on that frontline supervisor, I'm sorry. It may be about only this much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not much. Right. You know, right. so what's really driving and motivating that frontline supervisor is, is many times that, you know, the next guy in line, it's the, you know, the next manager or the next mm-hmm. manager after him and so yes. on and so forth. That's a great, you know, how are you spending yeah. your time and are you engaging your employees and so forth? So, well, you know, if that frontline supervisor groans when the EHS guy comes out onto the floor, <laughs> oh gee, you know, yeah. or, or, you know, and I've seen this before where, when I show up on sites, Oh, safety guys here. Time to be safe. You know, then Mm -hmm. it's kind of this little joke that the employees have among themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. that now that that person shows up once a month or whatever that is. So I I think that's really reflective of that operational culture. If you show up and they, Hey, I want you to look at something. We've got this, we've done this and we're really proud of it. Or this scares me. What do we we need to do something about this? If that's how they view you when you arrive, then maybe you've no. done something right. But no. if they are all groaning and moaning and throwing stuff at you. And- so I'll mention um, our company is actively involved in a, with a company called Safe Start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some yeah. folks have heard that. Yeah. Some folks may look at that and go, you know what, that's kind of the behavioral-based sort of thing, and we don't really do anything with that. Or they may even look at it as behavioral-based over here and diametrically over- opposed is hop over here. Mm-hmm. And, of course, if Conklin was in the room, he'd say, oh, yeah, you know, that's the wrong side of the track right over there. Yeah, those two should Th- those two don't, Those two don't mix. I think they mix. Dude. As well as I really do believe, and you kind of touched on it before, compliance. I think there's a mix between mm-hmm. hop compliance. Absolutely. Now, 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 granted, some people may say, hey, James, you're, you're trying to have it all ways. But, <laughs> but anyway, we use, we use Safe Start, and I think it's, um, I think it's a great program. Um, and... What is it about it that you do like? Yeah, so it it is a program that addresses human factors. Mm-hmm. So when I go out and do an audit, okay, and I do this walk around, and you know, right, you we got the OSHA stuff, we got all the compliance stuff, we're looking for all the, you know, the 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 light switch plates to make sure they're not broken, right, and the extension cords or don't have any frays or whatever. We all know that is not how accidents are happening today. Doesn't seem okay. Like it, doesn't. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. happening due to human factors, okay? They're happening due to, we hate to use the word, but human error, mm-hmm. okay? De- however you want to define it, if you want to define it according to, to what Conklin says or the way Safe Start says, it's error nonetheless. Mm-hmm. So uh, Safe Start addresses human factors and human error and how that error takes, takes place. Um, but my, my point is, it, it goes, still goes back to that middle supervisor that we talked about before. Mm-hmm. If that middle supervisor, that direct supervisor is not engaged with the employees, with the things that are foundational to safe start or any other safety system that you have, it ain't happening. Mm-hmm. We know that mm-hmm. it is not happening. Do so, we, do we so not spend it, enough time with those middle managers yeah, or have we just overwhelmed them with too much? I mean, what, yeah. And I think it's all of the above. It's, mm-hmm. it's all of that, that they are, they're, they're overwhelmed. 
they've got a lot of responsibilities. Sometimes, as we know, we take that very best worker, right? And what do we do? We make him a working lead. And well, we take some of the very best working leads. And what do we do? We make him a supervisor. We take some of the very best supervisors and we make him a manager, right? And many times those folks have got great operational capability. Mm -hmm. You know, they know how to run a plant. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, they know how to run the production line or whatever, and they're great producers. Um, but they may not understand people and what motivates people and how to motivate people sure. properly and whether that be safety or anything else. So or how to delegate or how to delegate encourage. That's right. Why don't they work as hard as I yeah. do? So what's elemental with, with safe start is what we call safe start stories. That is talking about an, an incident, something that happened to me, hopefully at work, it may have happened at home, but hopefully at work because we want to apply it to work. Mm -hmm. And it's really based off of those what we call near misses. Mm -hmm. That's another key part is near miss reporting. If that's not happening, then really foundationally safe starts really going to have a lot of a lot of problems right. because folks aren't going to have any practical application to talk about. Mm -hmm. There's really not a whole lot there. So you've got to be forthcoming with those near misses and those near miss reports so that we can talk about them honestly and say, hey, look, these were some of the issues that I was dealing with. My eyes were not on task. My mind was not engaged. There was complacency involved or whatever the case may be. Okay. And then that leads us to the error scenarios as well. So anyway, we've got to be able to talk about those openly and do a lot of it so mm -hmm. that we can recognize. And then obviously the, the key to all of this is what they call in safe start um, uh, self-triggering. You've got to be able to go, okay, I'm being complacent right now. I don't have my eyes my on, mind's not on. My, my mind's not engaged or mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. And that's foundational with, with Safe Start and those folks that understand the mm -hmm. program know what I'm talking about there. My point is, is that all takes place with the frontline supervisor. And it has to um, on nearly a daily basis. And if that's not happening, then that's going to be an issue. Mm -hmm. But that's true with any safety system, no matter if you're doing behavioral-based ob observational cards, mm -hmm. or if you're even doing compliance checks, um, or quite honestly, if you're uh, doing uh, validation studies versus procedures. If you're looking at procedures and a per person's not engaged in that on the basis of safety, then probably the work's not being done. So mm -hmm. again, frontline supervisors, we know that, that are, are absolutely key in this. And so they've got to understand the vision, I believe anyway, from that site manager or that CEO or that president, mm -hmm. right? down to that employee, what are we really accomplishing and where does safety really fall mm -hmm. within our company? And the, and they need to know, not only have they heard the message from the CEO, but they, or whomever is making those decisions, but they need to realize that, that they, they have a certain, not only authority, but obligation to follow up with those things. That's so, right. and that they will be supported for that because I think there's always this conflict in their minds that, whether it's spoken or unspoken, that getting the widgets out the door obviously is number one. And in most situations, it is yeah. ultimately critical that we get the product Absolutely. out, keep the doors open. Yeah. But that if you do make a decision that is intended to address a safety issue, that you're not going to be eviscerated for that kind of thing. That's and right. I think there's always that concern that ultimately the boss wants me just to get stuff out the door. And if I overlook some of this stuff, so be it. Mm -hmm. you know? And Maybe that is in the messaging. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I know you're familiar with Paul O'Neill and Paul O'Neill's story and the, the Alcoa story and all that stuff and and how it, 
I think his his emphasis was on getting those mid-level managers to understand that he actually meant what he was saying mm-hmm. that here's my message and it's a great message and everybody agrees with the message but what what he's not saying is just get the stuff out the door i think you know his emphasis in the beginning of his uh stewardship of that company was i really mean this this the message is what i really mean and if mm-hmm. we do have a safety issue let's address it mm-hmm. And I think communicating that sometimes gets lost, you know, mm-hmm. that gets, it gets kind of uh, maybe not miscommunicated, but just, uh, that's not really what he meant. Mm-hmm. I heard him say that, but he really meant was get the widgets out the door mm-hmm. at whatever cost, you know, that's right. And, and backing that up, you know, and getting our leadership to actually back it up and support those mid-level guys when they do make that decision. Mm-hmm. One of my, um, one of my former my former boss and and uh, one of the people that was involved in this training session that we did on Wednesday, I had mentioned stop work authority okay. and start work authority and and you know what that means you know do we do we have all of our controls in place before we start work are we prepared with training and equipment mm-hmm. and PPE and all of that so that we can we know we're starting work safely versus stopping work I see something that is uh, inappropriate or somebody doing something that's high risk or whatever. So I stop work. And she said, we, we didn't call it stop work authority. We, we called it stop work obligation mm. because having the authority to do something and actually doing it, uh, there may be a disconnect there, but you know, this is a condition of employment that if you see something that you know, or believe to be unsafe, or you're concerned about, you are obligated to say something. I don't know if that is just semantics mm-hmm. or if it, empowers people a little bit more than just having the authority to do something mm-hmm. because oftentimes a lot of people with authority it's, don't take action. It, it's hard. And obviously, you know, you, you uh, listen to Conklin and he's against the whole idea. He doesn't like it at all. <laughs> well, he just I, thinks it's, uh, it's yeah. hard to anticipate when something's about to go That's wrong. Right. But I, I've seen situations and you have too, where people have really exercised this mm-hmm. and, and where the company takes that person and says, Hey, look, uh, Bob did, Mary did, Great job with this today. Look what they did. Example that I'm thinking of was um, we had a crane pick going on. Uh, and I believe it's some rebar, and they were moving bundles of rebar from point A to point B or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. I believe that was the case. Nonetheless, there was a guy that was doing the rigging, okay, and for whatever reason, this crane operator could tell the rigging was not right. Mm-hmm. And he knew that he was responsible for what was on the end of his hook. And at one point in time, he saw how the rigger was rigging and said, stop, that's it. I'm not going to take any more of this. He climbed out of his crane, turned off the switch and walked, mm-hmm. walked to the supervisor and said, get rid of this guy. I am not going to let him rig anything more. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was a great, that's and, exactly. and, and, and they took that guy then, you know, they gave him a little something special, uh, you know, kind of lifted him up and said, this is what stop working looks like yeah now i'm sorry if, if I, uh, you know if conklin's here right now i'd tell him that story and i'd tell him that it works for it works for that company right and it can work for any company that follows up on it mm-hmm. you know and you've got to do the right thing mm-hmm. you know a, as a business or whatever and i don't mean necessarily whatever give him a thousand dollars or something and but i'll say i don't think he was interested in a thousand dollars he just didn't want that guy rigging no more right. <laughs> i don't want my loads dropping all over that's right because it reflects on me it come and it hurt you know someone gets hurt that's right we look bad we don't yeah. want to do that and i mean when when i think about that now it kind of brings 
you know, chilled mm -hmm. up and down absolutely. my spine thinking, you know, somebody could have got takes hurt. some that. courage. It, yep. It absolutely takes some courage, mm -hmm. you know? So, and I, and I think of, of that example, any other business example. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now let's take this into any other level of business, not safety. And do folks really have that kind of courage to stand up to another person or maybe a supervisor and say, Hey, look, that's not really the way we ought to be doing this. Mm -hmm. We ought to be doing it this way instead. Are they incentivized the same way? Mm -hmm. So, and that's the reason why, you know, I've said before to you and to other people, however, the operational culture goes, so goes the safety culture. Without question. Yeah. Okay. You, you cannot change the spots on a leopard or whatever analogy you want to go. It, however, that operational culture is, that's where safety is going to go. That company also had a good culture of other things like that, of mm -hmm. challenging the status quo or looking at things a little bit differently, um, you know, listening to, to the mainline workers and so on and so forth. So, and I just think those are great examples of um, how to improve operationally, mm -hmm. okay, and reliability with in a company on the safety side and in other ways, because mm -hmm. the benefits are all over. Mm -hmm. you know? And that goes back to that whole operational excellence concept that these things are so inter intertwined, they're really inseparable, that if you are making changes that improve the process, ultimately they manifest themselves in typically safer work, yeah. uh, more efficient work, better yeah. quality work. Yeah. They really are inseparable. And so trying to attack your safety culture is, is uh, maybe starting at the wrong place, yeah. you know, yeah. or, you know, it, it is interesting how that works. Yeah. So, yeah. And it, you know, I kind of mentioned to you earlier, kind of started another book. I'm up uh, probably halfway, two thirds of the way through a uh, book's called uh, trust and inspire by Stephen covey mm -hmm. so this would be i think he's the junior the senior has been around for quite some time yes i saw him speak uh, 100 yeah. years is that ago. right yeah mm -hmm. I saw it, it had to have been 100 it was uh, close 100, to 100 years ago right? man oh it was when God. i was with osha which was this was probably 20 years ago wow we were That's actually cool. invited we went to a stephen covey seminar he was in omaha yeah speaking probably over at that old holiday inn or whatever yeah. on 72nd yeah. grover maybe yeah. and uh, he gave us a seminar yep um, I remember, I think he was talking about the seven habits at that time. Yep. That was kind of the focus, yep. which was really uh, interesting because mm -hmm. that was not typical for the agency. We didn't typically get to do things like that. Mm -hmm. So it was nice. But, uh, but anyway, the, the junior had written the book as well, uh, yeah. The Speed of Trust, and now this one being the sequel. Uh, but anyway, I'll just say, you know, I'm not done with the book or whatever, but, you know, it's a great example to me anyway, at least with me personally. Yes, I love safety, right? And kind of safety nerd, and I'll get into some of these other things. But to me, there's there's a business side, and um, and one of those ways is is understanding how businesses works and how it could work and how it can work in the future. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's a key. I know. Just give you a couple little things from the book. Uh, you know, he's always compare and contrast this trust and inspire versus the current way of doing business, or maybe the way some people do, and that would be command and control mm -hmm. and he uses the word over and over command and or the words command and control over and over mm -hmm. and over and comparing the two uh you might say the old school of thought versus the new school of thought anyway great book i would recommend it Inter Even and what's it called it's it's called trust and inspire yes mm -hmm. okay trust and inspire stephen covey so 
and and you know he he just talks about it, of course uh, his story uh, you know if anyone's read uh, anything of him in the past in fact his father was the same told the same story uh, of uh, clean and green if anyone remembers that story uh, you can you can Google it and uh, pulls up a video of clean and green and that is a father asking his son seven years old to take care of his lawn and basically telling him here's the ground rules if you want to call it that. Okay, here's what we're looking for. We want it green. We want it clean. You take care of it, and I'm going to pay you this much, and now it's your responsibility. Okay? And, of course, at first he was a miserable failure. I won't ruin the whole story. <laughs> right. But but then he finally gets through it, and mm -hmm. he describes that as a trust situation um, and that how that then you know, created that story. And then, obviously, um, you know, an, an example for all of us to be able to trust folks, give them the base uh, you know, expectations, but then obviously follow up along the way. And it is about results. We do. We mm -hmm. look for results. Mm -hmm. We look for it on safety as well. You right. know, if folks aren't producing on the safety side or if they're doing things to, you know, you might say undermine our trust, we say so and say, mm -hmm. hey, look, that's not working. But anyway, I encourage folks to. That sounds good. I, I love well. that part. I, you know, I, I enjoy reading and um, I'm more of a fiction guy, but I, I try to scatter in some nonfiction periodically for a little self-improvement yeah. and then go back to fiction. So I kind of alternate, yeah. but I've been reading those, uh, the authors that we talk about all the time, but I think I'll check this one out. Yeah. I find books about habit formation. I'm reading that atomic habits right oh, now, yeah. which is really interesting. Yeah. You know, you don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems, mm -hmm. which is a brilliant statement. I don't know if it's, you know, actually the author's statement or not, or if he just stole it shamelessly, but really, and, and something that you just said is something that we should maybe part on because we're running up on our hour is I think safety people that really perform well, understand their business. They understand the nature of their business rather than just their little swath, you know, their little piece that the safety piece here's, I know the regulations and that's what I preach all the time. Sure. You have to really understand the nature of your business so that you can integrate the things that you're trying to accomplish into the overall goals, objectives, and operations of the business. That's I right. think that's really critical. Yep. And, and the, the key word is integrate. And it absolutely is. Mm -hmm. It has to be an integration. It can't be something that's completely separate. And, and quite honestly, your business doesn't want that either. Mm -mm. No, you want it integrated. They want it integrated. So yeah. Now, if all of a sudden you look at that, they look at it as well and say, Hey, look, this is not heading where we want it to. Then we need to look at it in, you know, the entire business model. Right? Mm -hmm. So exactly. You know, integration's key. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds good. James, thank you, man. You bet. And My I know pleasure. you've, uh, you've got some, you have a to-do list for this afternoon. That's so you're right. going to head out. Yeah, no, start... Beautiful day. And it's a beautiful list, day. List that's long. Well, so. that's good, man. You get to go out and run. I love kind of running around, running errands on a nice day. I get myself a cold drink, you know, a doctor, diet Coke or something. And yep. I drive around, take care of my business. So that's right. I'm actually leaving here and having lunch with my old friend, Darwin Craig this afternoon. Wow. Um, we'll have an announcement in the near future about Darwin, but, um, he is, uh, been doing the OSHA thing for about 35 years here in Omaha and uh you know haven't seen him a for a while time. he's my old my old partner we yes. used to do inspections together back yep. in the old days and so uh, I'm gonna go pick him up and have some lunch so I'm looking forward to seeing him if you had a good week I, I hope it continues and you have a good weekend if this happened to be a bad week for you please hang in there 
reach out to somebody, reach out to a friend and, you know, get some, get some consolation, some affirmation, keep doing what you're doing. I know that uh, sometimes this is rough, but it's important work. So keep it up. Listen to the podcast, you know, some of the stuff James shared with you today. Um, and uh, hopefully next week is a good one. So have a nice weekend and we'll talk to you next week. Later. A Huda Media Production.